0: Welcome to Temple of Health Radio Show. This is Dr. Susan Kolb, and today I'm pleased to have back as my guest, Tricia McKinnon. Today we're going to be discussing star knowledge. Um, She also has information about an upcoming conference here in Georgia that she'd like to share with you. Um, Welcome, Tricia. Thanks for joining us.
1: Oh, it's always such a pleasure to do your show. Thank you so much for having me back. You're welcome. So tell us about this conference in, in November. Yeah, okay, so there's two. I just left one conference in California, which was the Portal to Ascension, and that was a great conference. You were asking me about that before we started. And it was actually mm-hmm. the first yearly conference they had had, and they'll do it again next year in Southern California. And it was a great lineup of speakers, um, some uh, very well-known ones like Dr. Robert Schock, who was the geologist that figured out the weather erosion patterns on the Sphinx and that the Sphinx had to have been basically there during the time of the Great Flood going back 12,000 years because of uh, it was covered in water. Um, and so, you know, and then there were some good up-and-comers like Jason Quitt. These are uh, people in their 30s that are kind of just coming on the scenes. A wonderful um, um, Hispanic guy named Ray Hernandez who had started mm-hmm. on as an atheist, a tax, IRS tax attorney. I'm not kidding. He didn't even believe mm-hmm. in God. And he had all these incredible experiences with extraterrestrials and angels and and, you know, he's definitely a believer now. He was fascinating. Right. And I spoke, and, you know, I, I got a standing ovation. I was one of a couple of people that did. Um, right. there, it was wonderful. Robert Peralta was there, Alan Steinfeld, who has New Realities TV up in New York City. Um, mm-hmm. There was uh, John D'Souza, who is the FBI guy that... Um, that the X-Files was based on, you know, the mm-hmm. Mulder character, Scully and Mulder. Uh, right. And is the FBI guy that was based on, and he was surprisingly lovely and kind. He wasn't like a stiff FBI agent. He was very heartfelt mm-hmm. and genuine and, um, I think, spiritual. I mean, I think he he had a really high vibration, so... And it, you yeah, know that yeah, I, I saw
0: Project Camelot with him. He was he was talking about his intuitive experiences. Yes, he's so he
1: really he's a very up, cool. Yeah. Very cool guy. The producer of this is uh, Neil Gare. And Neil Gare has, uh, or Gar. he lives in Southern California, and he and his wife have had Portal to Ascension for about five years. And for the last three years, I've done amazing online programs for them, like two- and three-hour webinars that have been on everything from angels, the Anunnaki history, giants, giants, uh, uh, fairies, pixies, um, the cycles of time, the Mayan calendar, Nostradamus prophecies, all of those. And you can find those at the website, www.portaltoascension.org, and they're mm-hmm. archived, so you can log in and actually watch them. Um, and he always has ongoing programs. And I'll have a new uh, webinar coming up, actually, Saturday, November the 17th, um, that i'll do with him and i'll send out an email so if anybody ever wants to get on my newsletter list i have aii do not i don't i don't bug people believe me i have about five thousand people on my email list and i only send out notices when there's a special class or an event or something people need to know mm-hmm. about so um you can just go to my website which is trisha or send me an email that's easier which is Um, Tricia McCannon speaks at yahoo.com and say, put me on your newsletter, and I'm happy to do that, and I'll send you out notices. And I'm about to send out a newsletter probably this next week or so around this upcoming conference that you were asking about Star Knowledge. And Mm -hmm. that is an amazing event, too. It was started 22 years ago in 1996, June of 1996, and I spoke at the first one, and actually the first four um, and and these conferences uh, were put on by an amazing guy named Lauren Standing Elk, and he's a Dakota or Lakota Sioux, and um, it took a lot of courage for him to do it because he was speaking out uh, to try to bring the white people, the black people, the yellow people, together with the red people, and to share the knowledge about these star nations that seeded our planet long ago, um, the mm-hmm. extraterrestrials, most of them, many, many of them looking completely human, uh, kind, benevolent, uh, many of them extremely conscious, uh, not you know, the people that are abducting people and doing strange little medical experiments. Not the reptilians. (laughs) Yes, no reptilians and no grays, but the the more conscious Mm -hmm. star people. And he really had to deal with his own very traditional kind of fundamentalist Lakota societies Mm -hmm. that had kept this knowledge secret for, you know, um, decades or probably hundreds of years. And so he kind had of like really the Hopi move.
0: prophecies,
1: yeah. And this was All it was well. part of the Lakota prophecies that there would come a time mm-hmm. when a Native uh, man would come together with a white woman in order to try to bring this knowledge forward. And right. um, Lawrence Standing Elk in two thousand had his own visionary experiences, which actually I <clears throat> write about in this article that's come out just this month. In the Oracle Magazine Here in Atlanta I got a chance mm-hmm. to interview him And because of the power Of those um, Experiences He changed his name to Lauren uh, uh, Chief Light uh, Golden Light Eagle So I, I still call him mm-hmm. Lauren uh, But Lauren um, Instead of standing out Becomes Lauren Golden Light Eagle And of course he has been At all these conferences And he's been the uh, the energy behind it. And what he says is that the mother, the Amma, talks to him, the divine Amma spirit, oh, there, yeah. talks to him and tells him where to go. And so he's had mm-hmm. these conferences all over the world, really. Um, really? And, you know, they, they started off in Sioux Falls, and I think the second one mm-hmm. in November of 1996 was in Estes Park, Colorado, And I spoke at that, and both of those had about 650 people. They were incredible Mm -hmm. people from around the world. And I mean not only the attendees, but the speakers. There was Mm -hmm. Giorgio Bon Giovanni, for example, that had the full stigmata, who has met with the Vatican Mm -hmm. and world leaders and presidents and prime ministers all over the world, who was just a, he was like a street sweeper, or I think he was a gardener. Mm -hmm. And he had the Divine Mother Mary appear to him, and shoot him through with the uh, stigmata in his, in his uh, mm-hmm. feet. And, of course, he fell over. And then later mm-hmm. he had Jesus appear and shoot him with the stigmata in his hands, in his forehead, mm-hmm. and his side. And <clears throat> her message was very much about the fact that we are destroying our earth through war, pollution, right. a nuclear and atomic waste, and, 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 and environmental destruction, and that we have to change our ways to save the planet, that the extraterrestrials are benevolent, mm-hmm. that they want to help mm-hmm. us with this mission, that the mm-hmm. star people or sky people are 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 here, and they're they've been here really, you know, probably for centuries, but certainly since the 1950s, they've been actually mm-hmm. approaching our government and, uh, with George H. W. because of the nuclear threat, right? So forth, yeah. saying, "Look, hey, we want to." invite you to join the Galactic Federation, but you have to put down the nuclear and the atomic.
0: Right, weapons. yeah.
1: And of course our And government. that's been
0: rejected so far, which is a shame.
1: Right. I have a question about
0: the third secret of Fatima, speaking of Mother Mary. Um, I've been reading some stuff about that lately, and I think it has a lot to do with what's occurring now. Um, and then I also have a question about whether or not you've heard at the uh, Ascension conferences or anywhere else the confirmation of the law of one message, which is that the ascension is at the same time as the pole shift, because the, the third message of Fatima was about the destruction from the pole shift.
1: Okay, so and listen. And it was to
0: be released in the 60s, but just it wasn't. A
1: Let me just get this information out about the star knowledge, because if people are aware okay. right. so... The, the conference is going to be held about an hour north of Atlanta in Amicalola State Park, which is a gorgeous state park with waterfalls and so forth. It's November the 9th, 10th, and 11th, so it's three days. Mm-hmm. It costs two forty-four for all three days, which is cheap, and right now they're doing an incredible two-for-one sale. So you can have two people go for the price of one, but you need to go to their website, which is starknowledge.org. Slash events, and then there's a dash mm-hmm. main that's where I went to. And then there's another slash. Maybe you could just find okay. it under ourknowledge.org. <clears throat> but I want to give out some of the information about this. Um, I'll be speaking there. The theme mm-hmm. is about Atlantis because of course Atlanta, Atlantis and in terms of the cycles of time we're sort of at a similar place where atlantis was where there's a lot of wonderful people and a lot of good things happening uh but there's also the misuse of technologies um of uh genetics of environmental pollutants of energy systems and of course now we're getting into ai which uh could Just definitely be the biggest threat according
0: to the, a lot of people
1: yeah it could go and, the uh, way of the terminator you know so it's not a good thing mm-hmm. So I'll be speaking there. Linda Starwolf, who's a wonderful, uh, uh teacher from Isis Cove in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Was, members of that community will come. She'll be speaking. Mandara Starnes here in Atlanta, who's marvelous. If you've ever met her, she's, you know, heads up the Cymatics, um, Institute, ISTA, the uh, Institute for Sound Therapies. And she speaks all over the world, uh, with these, about how sound can heal the body, and it's not just talk. They are actually machines that are used to clear people's energy fields of all sorts of illnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Chief Golden Eagle will be there. There's a woman named Mary Lightweaver that will be there. Um, there'll there, be music. There'll be dancing. There'll be drumming. There'll be ceremony. Uh, there'll be, you know, it'll be fun. And, and it's, um, they only have room, I think, at that lodge for like 200 people. So it's real important mm-hmm. that if you're interested, you know, you call up and and look for a reservation. And if you just go to that website, StarKnowledge.org, you'll find the phone number to book the room. It's right there in the beginning. The two for one ticket offer, and you know, you'll get to see a lot of the speakers and 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 um, the the write up of all the different people. So by all means, mm-hmm. Michelle Anderson, she's a dear friend of mine from the West Coast. She'll be speaking. She's great. she has all sorts of activation ceremonies and um, Brian Barry Hill will be there and bliss Primal, like you know uh, diva Primal those are they're that whole same family of the um, high consciousness and grandmother mary mm-hmm. lightweaver she's a she's a native American she'll be there Vivian davis and Douglas Bluefeather, who's an amazing flutist. So, anyway, it's just you can see it all on the website, but I just want to get the word out because I love that they finally come to the East Coast. I think the last time they were here was Asheville, North Carolina, about five years ago, and I spoke at that. And so I really want, um, you know. I speak all over the world, but, you know, California is, like, the coolest place. All right. the real conscious people. in are far on. away. <laughs> and, you know, New York gets a lot of really cool people. Uh, but, you mm-hmm. know, in the South, to me, we have a lot of... Conscious people that, that the rest of the country doesn't know about. And, you know, Asheville, right. of course, is a spiritual center. Nashville has become a wonderful center. Mm-hmm. And Atlanta is amazing. And so I really yeah. want uh, events like this to be able to know that they can come to the South, uh, that the, they'll be supported, and so that we continue to mm-hmm. spread the light and, and spread the, the knowledge right. and, and the, raise the vibration of the whole area. So, mm-hmm. okay, that's what I have to say about star knowledge. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Well, what do you know about the third secret of Fatima?
1: You know, I have long suspected that it really had to do with um, with the um, with the extraterrestrials coming, and I think that this is a very big conversation. Definitely, the poles are melting. They are shifting. They're melting in every. They're shifting
0: time. very quickly right now.
1: They are shifting. They are. And, uh, of course, the last I knew, they had shifted nine degrees towards Siberia, and you may have some updated information on that. Do you know any more than that?
0: Well, yesterday on YouTube, they said they were shifting at um, 40 miles a day or something like that. It was very, very quick now. Um, there you know you know about all the solar system changes you know that all the planets are getting atmospheres they're all heating up the polar ice caps are melting on mars so whatever is affecting earth is also affecting the solar system and they believe it's a giant um system uh several i mean probably 3 or 4 or even 6 times the size of jupiter that is um entering uh and affecting the electromagnetics of our solar system and well, so that's that's what you know that's what would cause the pole shift, and um, I just was wondering the the law of one material states that the pole shift and the ascension are at the same time. I've also heard that from several very credible sources, um, both from different systems. You know, there, there's the the Christian system, and, and then there's the Buddhist system, and but out of both of those systems has come that information. So. Um, if indeed the ascension is at the same time as the pole shift, then then Fatima is probably about that very thing, about the the pole shift and the ascension.
1: Well, you know, this is really interesting that we're having this conversation uh, in the in the midst of the conversation about star knowledge, because I will tell you that the star knowledge conferences for me have been very catalytic. The the first one that I went to, I wound up having a sequence of powerful events and the second one the same thing that are all related mm-hmm. to everything you're talking about um mm-hmm. i i wound up you know speaking and all these people wanted you know clairvoyant readings because of course i have done them deep soul readings for many years And I read for this one woman, and I saw that she was speaking as a representative of Gaia, the earth. And she said, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, she began to cry. And she said, I've long had the dream of the unshed tears of women and children in a peace dance in Washington. You know, would you help me? Well, what am I going to say? You know, I've just told her she's speaking for Gaia. So, I mean, I said, well, okay, I'm not sure what I could do, but why don't we meet with the elders? So the next night Mm -hmm. we actually met with Lauren Standing Elk or Chief Golden Eagle and Lauren uh, and about six or eight other Native American elders. And at the end of that meeting, you know, they clapped their hands. and said, Trisha, you're going to do a sweat lodge tomorrow night. You know, and pick your women carefully, and you're going to ask for a vision. And mm-hmm. so, to make a very long, amazing, complicated story very short, I did this, and it was all night long, from about 11 to five or six in the morning, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I was. Uh, I had 17 women. It was on June the 17th. It was connected with a 17-foot-long a rattlesnake and an interdimensional portal that had opened, and it was all about saving the children and the animals of planet Earth. But in this mm-hmm. vision, I wound up being shown um, the pole shift of the Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a priestess of Turtle Woman, as well as other you know, expressions of the divine feminine. But Turtle Woman is a a symbol, really, of the earth. The earth was always thought of as a turtle. So the turtle appeared in the vision, and she turned over, and then she turned back. And Uh, then the white horse appeared. And the white horse has taken me many, many years to decode the white horse. Um, Mm -hmm. The white horse is connected with the coming of the Maitreya, or the return of the Christ, also Mm -hmm. with the divine feminine, you know, we see the White Horse in, in Uffington right. Hills and in England and epona and Rihanna are um goddesses of the White Horse, but it's always connected with the coming of the Maitreya. And all these mm-hmm. angels and masters began to appear and they were singing in glory. And um mm-hmm. the last thing was the healing of the sacred hoop among all the people of the world. And so um it was It was really, I saw these earth changes before the pole shift. I saw the Mississippi flooding. I saw half of Japan going down. I saw Mexico City going down in a hole of Stiglian darkness, and apparently there is a sinkhole. I didn't know that under that mm-hmm. city. And, you know, it's a highly populated city. probably 12 million people there. Um, right. I saw, you know, flooding, flooding. Um, Uh, um, and on the west coast heavy flooding there and and the coastline areas and so forth and so it's some of the things that this all happened in 1996 and then this is also connected with things that happened at the next star knowledge conference in november (coughs) where um, um, more of this kind of stuff took place and so it's interesting that you're asking me about this very thing
0: well Well, one one point i want to make though that you may not have um, been shown, or you may have been shown, I don't know, is that it's a planetary ascension, so it's a little bit different than previous ascension experiences on the Earth. I mean, many people have ascended on the Earth, as you know, including Christ and many of the ascended masters ascended from the Earth to the the higher planes. But um, when it's a planetary system, ascension, the people ascending with the planet will not experience the pole shift. So you see the the pole shift and the ascension are at the same time, but if you're in the ascended area of the, of the if your vibrational rate can keep up with the ascended planet's rate when it ascends very quickly, then you don't experience the tsunamis and the volcanoes and the earthquakes and the sinkholes. You know that's that doesn't happen on the ascended Earth, so that's something that I think that the law of one made clear, um, and that was my understanding from information coming out of these other systems of knowledge, which are coming from ascended masters. You know, obviously here on Earth in the third dimension, we cannot even wrap our heads around an idea like ascension. I mean, we you know we're not we're not able really to do that except Maybe in our imagination, but you know, we're, we're if indeed the ascension and the pole shift are at the same time, then that would explain a lot of you know the information that um, say is in the Law of One, and also coming from these other systems. So, have you ever heard of that? That if you have the energetic body to ascend with Gaia. Now, you won't be in your 3D physical body. You'll be in a lighter body because it's in the fourth density. You know, it's not It's not a third density. You don't stay in the third density during ascension. And there's a separation.
1: Well, you know, it's very interesting because, you know, there. Is, the ancients talk about the fact that You know, seven major dimensions, and every one of those dimensions has seven sub-octaves, the law of seven. Right. And so even in the third dimension, and in the fourth dimension, and even in the fifth dimension, there are these sub-octaves. And Mm -hmm. and, and the octaves are vibrational, but, of course, vibration also deals with consciousness. And so, you know, we can sort of see how we seem like we're more conscious now than we were, let's say, during the Dark Ages or during the time of the Roman Empire, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I think we've been ascending very slowly still in the third dimension with houses and cars and bodies and things like that. The fourth dimension is also a world of form where there are houses and maybe not cars, but trees and ponds and mountains and so forth, but they're vibrating at a higher frequency. Even in the fifth dimension, the first four sub-octaves of the fifth dimension are uh, rupa levels or, or worlds mm-hmm. of form. And then you finally get into the world beyond the worlds of form. Um, well, I
0: would, say, I would say, Tricia, that if, you ex- if you're able to do things like remote viewing, astral travel, you actually are in fourth density. Do you see? Yes. Yeah, so you uh, can have your body in third dimension and yet participate in fourth dimensional activities. Like, there's many people that are communicating with, with fourth density beings through telethought communication as they're in meditation, as you know. Exactly. I mean, you know this and, is true. And, so we can communicate at fourth density even though we still have a body in third density but if the planet ascends and we go with it our bodies will not be in third density anymore. We we'll t- you know like you take your body with you as it, 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 it it's actually an ascension of the body kind of like you know how Jesus ascended you know they they couldn't he wasn't solid anymore you know they they could see him but he wasn't solid. Right. You know, he didn't leave his body behind, in other words.
1: Right. Well, what he obviously did was um, vibrationally alchemicalize his body to, because his mm-hmm. consciousness was so high that he was able to move it up. And they could see it. He could choose to make it solid, like when Thomas right. wound up feeling his hands or the wounds. But he could also appear and disappear, which clearly is something that in the in total third density we can't. So. You know, it's just like UFOs. There are third-dimensional races, just like us. There are fourth-dimensional races that can choose to slow their atomic vibration down to the point that we can see them, and then they appear to disappear, although in some cases ships are disappearing because of cloaking devices. But in other cases, they're literally vibrationally moving the whole ship and all its occupants up to a higher frequency, so it vanishes from our sight. I, I have
0: something very interesting to inject about that. I was listening to Emery Smith, and he says that you know, through you know, he worked in the military bases underground dissecting um, extraterrestrial uh, life, and he said it was very common when the beings were higher dimensional, say they were killed or or um, you know otherwise died on the planet, that if they didn't completely Incre- incre- well, they, they could do it with increasing the vibration, but if they just left them in, or especially put them in formaldehyde or alcohol, that the bodies turned to gel. They, you know, they, when, when the frequency, when the higher frequencies beings' bodies were put in something with a lower energy, like alcohol or formaldehyde, the body turned to gel. There was like the body just disappeared, and all was left was this gel. Oh, and thanks. he said it happened all the time and they had to put it in water or salt water or other um higher frequency things in order to preserve the body in order to look at it because they wanted to dissect it um and study it and they they found out very quickly that if the the being was higher dimensional they had to really be careful with the body or it would dis- it would disappear into this gel-like substance isn't that fascinating
1: very yeah very fascinating well let me think so, that's
0: proof that these are higher dimensional beings because any third dimensional being that dies isn't going to turn to gel. You know, I just didn't. Ha- it's never happened. You know,
1: right? So well, you, our you bodies know,
0: wouldn't turn to gel.
1: You know, that's they... you know, definitely an extraordinary thing that you don't see every day. No. <laughs> Good yeah. point. Um, well, what I was going to say is, I think that the reason that we have this pole shift coming, uh, coming or happening. I think there there are two major reasons. Uh, One is that we are crossing the plane of the galaxy, and we reverse polarities. When we're below Mm -hmm. the galaxy, the galactic center, you know, like when we fell with Atlantis, I I, I think that we have our north and south poles are are different. Whether they're 180 degrees or they're 90 degrees or whatever, but they reverse. It's like, a, and we're in a clockwise spin now. And there actually are mm-hmm. historical records that claim that there was a time when we were in a counterclockwise spin. Now, how mm-hmm. in the world that would happen, I really don't know. But, you know, if you even look in the Old Testament, there's that time when Joshua was running around blowing the horns. To bring down the walls of Jericho, and they say for three Mm -hmm. days and three nights the sun stood still in the sky, and on the other side of the planet it was dark, which that sounds like to me that our planet stopped spinning, which, you know, it's hard to even imagine what kind of force could cause it to stop spinning, let alone what kind of force could start it spinning again, because that's a lot of
0: momentum. Can I? Can I interject something here I read y- or heard yesterday about how that happens? Because it's fascinating. Sure. If you have a body moving... Now, it's not in the plane where all the planets are. It's coming in at 30 degrees. If you have a body that shoots out from behind the sun, it has to go very, very quickly, or else it's going to start orbiting the sun. You understand that. And this, this complex, this Planet X complex, has never just orbited the sun. So we know it's going to go very, very quickly. As it approaches Earth, its north pole will make the North Pole of the Earth turn quickly toward it. Okay? Right. You see? The the North Pole will flip. So the planet will flip and then it will hold it. That's how it stops the spin. It stops the spin elect- magnetically. Okay? And then it shoots past Earth and then it lets it go. So then it goes back, but it doesn't go back exactly the same as when it was first, you know, diverted. Now, This happens every 3,600 years. And if you look 3,600 years ago, there are reports of giant tsunamis, both in Europe and in the the Americas. And if you go 3,600 years from that, you get all the Santorini volcanoes. And then you do another 3,600 years, you get Noah's flood. And Noah's flood, from what I read, was due to seven asteroids that hit the... um, well, it's a pole shift, but it's seven asteroids that hit the ocean and right. caused a giant flooding because of that. And of course, we right. know there's lots of asteroids in the tale of, in the Bible, it's called Wormwood, it's called Planet X Nibiru, whatever. But basically, it's worse every third time. Every third time, it comes closer and does more damage. The other two times it comes in, it comes in at a different angle or whatever, and it doesn't cause so much destruction. So every 12,000 and something years, you've got the bad pole shift. Well,
1: what's interesting about that is that every 12,000 or so years, is basically, you know, an entire processional cycle, which means that we move through all 12 signs of the zodiac in the procession Mm -hmm. of the ages is, uh, you know, 25,920 years, so if you cut that in half, basically every 12,000 and something years, we either drop below the plane of the galaxy or we move above the plane of the galaxy. And it right. takes us about 1,000 years to pass through it. And as you know, the Mayan calendar really talked about 2012 as the point where we um, – basically are about at the midway point of the thousand years of passing through an alignment with the galactic center. Of course, we're not in the middle of the galaxy. We're on the two-thirds out on the outer edge, but if you were looking right. at the galaxy as an equator from horizontally from the side, we would not be below it. We would have come up to where we're aligned with the center. And so we're receiving... You know, much stronger energies, and so the good news this time is instead of dropping below the plane of the galaxy and kind of dropping mm-hmm. into the trash can, we're dropping, we're we're going above. And so when we drop below, I think the patriarchy winds up ultimately, you know, over time taking over. When we go above, right. the divine feminine energy right. comes back into the world in such a way mm-hmm. to try to help us. Uh, to be raised to a higher frequency, to have a more balanced society, and to bring higher consciousness in. And so I, I think those are all good things about what's happening and where we are in our timeline. But it's pretty interesting. Well, I think,
0: I think that the energy coming in from the center of the galaxy that that we're in now, and we've been in since 2012, but there may have been buffering of this energy, according to some information that came out of... Um, Corey Good's experiences, but anyway, in other words, it may have been buffered back a little bit to allow the consciousness of the planet to, you know, to elevate a little bit more. Right,
1: um, we, we we need all the help we can get.
0: Yeah, so we may be very close. I believe that's the energy of the ascension. In other words, the ascension has to do with the inner, the galactic things we're describing, whereas the pole shift has to do with the planet X. And what we were told, very specifically, was that the pole shift and the ascension don't have anything to do with each other per se, but they occur simultaneously as a matter of course, which is interesting. In other words, you know, one doesn't cause the other. They're two different causative factors, but they happen to occur at the same time.
1: That's really That's really interesting.
0: So, and it came out It came out of the Christian um, information. It came out of Babaji's information. Babaji gave the same information to one of his disciples. He put it on the Internet, and it comes out of the Law of One. Those are the three areas that I have had the same information come to me. And so that's three very different things. I mean, the Law of One comes from extraterrestrials, fifth-dimensional or sixth-dimensional, I believe, the you know and then of course the the uh, masters here on Earth are are giving information as well you know the, they're not here on Earth now but they they were on Earth before they ascended so, um, so
1: where where did you get it's the information just, it's just fascinating from from Babaji where did you Babaji, get it the... Babaji I
0: was guided to Google certain words uh-huh. and Babaji's disciple had put information on the internet directly from Babaji. Uh, that the ascension and the pole shift would be simultaneous,
1: and I was given that information.
0: I was given that right after, or a few months after we got the information in session. So, you know, it was like it—it it was just a confirmation. And then um, David Wilcock did a thing and it's still probably up on the internet on YouTube. He says the Law Ascension and the Law of One or The Law of One and Ascension where he goes through everything in the Law of One about Ascension, which basically says the same thing. Very and I don't know if you know it, but I interviewed the lady that channeled the Law of One on Temple of Health radio show at least four times. So I knew her personally before she died.
1: Oh, how wonderful. Well, I know yeah, so awesome.
0: so this information is very personal. You know, like I have a personal connection to the, the source of the information. So, you know, I know how, how real she was and how, you know, what a good person she was.
1: So what kind what, of timeline are they giving for this?
0: Right now. We're okay. in it.
1: Right. Like, you know, three months, six months, three years, six years. Less. You
0: know. Less. Less than three months.
1: 2018. Yeah. Well, we are we are definitely so, in that window,
0: aren't we? We we're very much in it. And it was delayed since 2012. It was supposed to occur in 2012 as many of the prophecies talked about. But that it was delayed to because it's a mass consciousness event, when the ascension occurs. The information we got, it has to do with mass consciousness. We decide as a as a group consciousness when it is to occur and it happens to coincide and i don't know how this happens it's weird you know i mean i can't say you know or is mass consciousness also controlling when this when this wormwood or planet x comes by evidently it does you know evidently this is a big hologram and things don't have to happen you know things can temporal events can move timelines can move but you know they can. So.
1: Yeah, I think that's absolutely true, and I think that we've been in this um, in this big window that is is in the process of unfolding in front of us. And what's so interesting to me is that you know you've really got uh, people who are uh, we're faced every single day with the decisions of you know do we do fear, or do we do love? You know, are we mm-hmm. kind? Or are we you know greedy? Uh, you know, we're every single day we're dealing with this. And well, this if,
0: is what I think. I, I have an opinion about how that fits into this. These timelines. I believe that, and and there's there's something in the Bible about this too. That when things get so bad, you know, when divisions get so bad, and there's so much disruption and discord, and you know, uh, pedophilia and and child sex slave abduction and. You know, when things get so bad, that's when it occurs, because there's a natural separation of good from evil. You know, even even in the law of one material, they use the word harvest, and in the Bible they use the word harvest. In other words, when things get so bad down here, and I believe they're getting that bad, I believe the good and evil are getting really to the point where it's just, you know, ridiculous, that then the harvest occurs and, and the, the higher energy people are taken into the higher density and the lower energy people are kind of these civilizations rolled over. And that's why so many civilizations are buried so deep. You know, the, the, like you say, the Sphinx, you know, we, the Sphinx was buried way deep. Uh, many, many of these ancient civilizations are just buried under all sorts of things and we're just now finding them. And then the probably the civilizations like Antarctica were really you know Atlantis and Antarctica was really deep and now it's coming back to the surface a little bit. Well, I mean, but we've
1: discovered the over point seven, is, is
0: that the harvest wipes the civilization out. I mean that's what, we don't see it because it's deep, it's buried.
1: Right. We well we've discovered over seven hundred and fifty-two thousand pyramids all over the world, basically telling us that there really was a time when we had a worldwide pyramid culture, that there right. was a yeah. worldwide civilization at one point on this planet, just like we have a worldwide civilization now, where they were... Haunted. I think
0: there were more than one. I think that there was, you know, because it's every, at least 12,000 years that this really bad wipeout happens. okay, 12,700 or whatever, you probably know that number better than I do, but the, the idea is that this has happened many times. Um, and civilizations have probably been here. Um, how far back were the Anunnaki here? They they must have been here 500,000 years ago. I mean, when... 4,
1: 448,000 years ago is when they first came here.
0: Right. So it's been happening at least that long, because that's when Homo erectus and the and the alien DNA were combined to make Homo sapiens. So that's really the beginning of our history, or at least one of the genetic experiments. It, there was more than one, obviously. So right.
1: ever well, really, since
0: then, we've had civilizations. You know, the the Anunnaki must have built an incredible civilization here. You know, here I, on the planet, I,
1: they had I, to. I'm sure it, they it did. did, and it was a great loss to have it all wiped away. It was very devastating. Devastating. There's
0: information. There's information that if you look down, <coughs> say 100 to 500 feet in the Sahara Desert, there's a giant civilization under there.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Because the
0: desert was one of the places the atomic, the nuclear weapons were used. You know, 8,000 well, years ago. At one point, was... the
1: Gobi Desert was also very beautiful, and that, that was one of the places where Lemuria was. Uh, and uh-huh. that was all so the...
0: when was Lemuria? When, how far back was Lemuria? Do you know?
1: Well, the Native American twisted hair tradition say that Lemuria started coming up in the Pacific around 215,000 years ago, but it was probably really flourishing by 100, 110, 120,000 years ago, and it was mm-hmm. um, it was around before Atlantis, and then Atlantis came up in the Atlantic, right. and then. They- Current for a long time and then Lemuria the last parts of Lemuria except for things like the Samoan Islands and the Pitcairn and Hawaii and Astra Island and all those that are remnants of that civilization uh, That mm-hmm. area that the that the last of that continent area went down probably around 22,000 years ago And and that was of course the time of the great flood where we lost parts of the area around New Zealand and south of India mm-hmm. We had Dwarka, which was the city on the west coast of India that they've now discovered the remnants of. Dwarka is um, one of the golden cities of, I think, Rama or Krishna. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and that was taken down 12,000 years ago. That's how extensive that those seven meteors that hit the mid-Atlantic ridge and took down Atlantis and the worldwide tsunami. I mean, unless you were up at the top of a mountain, if you were in a coastal region, even as far as over to India or, or mm. Greece or the Mediterranean, you know, or the, um, the, the Bimini. I mean, if you think about the, you know, when there were exoduses from, um, Atlantis. They were they were said to be ten different areas that they went to. Uh, certainly Ireland, mm-hmm. Emerald Isle mm-hmm. Isles, Britain, the Pyrenees, Egypt, Central America, South America, um, maybe North America. So those are some of the places. And of course they built a hall of records in three places under the the Paw of the Sphinx, which we've heard from from Edgar Casey, uh, under the mm-hmm. um, in uh, the Yucatan. And then in the area around Bimini, which that whole area wound up later being completely taken down. And we can see even today all these hurricanes that keep hitting America, they come right out through that area, through the Caribbean, mm-hmm. through, through uh, Puerto Rico and Jamaica. And, um, you know, the, that area just right. gets smashed again and again and again. And we're pulverized.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, you can you can well imagine that over time something very catastrophic happened there. So one of those halls of records is totally underneath the ocean, and we right. we, we don't even know how to find it. But the one in the Yucatan and the one in uh, where the Sphinx is are still you know above ground or above. Mm-hmm. They're not above ground, but they're not under the ocean. And of course, I'm sure that the powers that be in Egypt have spent a long time trying to get into those areas, and I don't know what they've succeeded in doing, but when I was in Egypt, I know I talked with the keeper of the Sphinx for 35 years. I went and met him at night, and he talked about a secret chamber in the Great Pyramid that they had found five chambers, and the middle one had the body of Osiris, who was, of course, 15 feet tall, who had a a beautiful sort of um, pink and aqua um, top on and uh, a golden uh, cartouche that said, Osiris, and there was a force feel. Literally, they couldn't penetrate around the, 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 the golden bier that he was um, resting on. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, this keeper of the sinks had actually seen this with his own eyes. And as you can imagine, you know, they were trying to keep it all very, very hush-hush. And did they manage to penetrate that? Well, I think they also found some secret entrances that went down behind the tail of the Sphinx into the halls of reflection. And those had been sealed with, again, these energetic force fields. And mm-hmm. the military was trying to open them using vibrational sound. And they brought in my friend Jim Jim Hertak, J.J. Hertak, who wrote the... Case of Enoch, and of course, all that's very hush um, hush. Mm-hmm. But um, you know,
0: there was that. Was that the first time they found bodies with force fields, or had they? I know they found some in Antarctica, and there was some in America too, weren't there?
1: Well, you, I, I don't know about America, and I also, uh, for all the fact that I have spoken about uh, Antarctica, um, I don't know if they found force fields with bodies down there. I do know that they found. Giants with large cranial heads down there in Antarctica. Yeah, well, they're all over
0: the place. But the the thing I'm talking about, you can look, listen to David Wilcox and Corey Good talk about Abraham Lincoln. Um, evidently, there's something I think in the Midwest where they in a cavern where they found some very you know some 14 feet beings that were in suspension with this energetic thing around it. And Abraham Lincoln was actually taken there, and he wrote his name on the wall. The You know, the the people who are powerful are taken and shown this stuff. Of course, they keep it secret, but they wrote their names on the wall, and so you know some of the people who have seen it. Um, but that, that was reported. I believe Corey Good reported that. So you might want to look at that because that's one of the places they mentioned. And then they they also said recently – that they found some bodies in stasis in Antarctica, which you know, in the ships, that you would you would think that there might be. I mean, if you're going to find things in stasis, you know, one, aboard one of the ships would probably be where you would find them, and they were still in stasis. So, um, you know, something similar and energetic. They describe it very, very um, in detail what it looks like. But um, again, it I didn't realize that they found found this in the Great Pyramid too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very Well, it makes
0: sense that there would be more than one place, you know, I mean, if the technology exists, you know.
1: Well, it, it, it's 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 really quite the puzzle, and I think we're at the place of trying to put the pieces together. And, you know, mm-hmm. it is a big puzzle, and, 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 and um, we don't know it all. We just know pieces, and the more pieces we right. have, the more we begin to piece it together. And I think we have to remain open-minded. We have to... Uh, be investigative, we we mm-hmm. uh, have to also not be gullible, you know, I think it's right. nice to try right. to um, corroborate, like you were looking at the Law of One, Babaji, and uh, the, the Christian writings, you were trying to see the different places where you might find corroboration to see whether or not this is in fact the way that it occurs and And so right. part of what I was saying about the the pole shift is I think that has to do with the passing through the galactic the plane of the galaxy because it's happening for every planet every planet in our solar system mm-hmm. um and um and that doesn't mean that there's not um, nibiru or whatever we want to call it, wormwood, uh, this large planetary body coming through Mm -hmm. our solar system. In fact, uh, some years ago, I I actually was tracking what looked like uh, a huge uh, glowing planet uh, Mm -hmm. with four uh, moons. And the four moons were literally like in the four stations of the cross. So, mm-hmm. if they all moved at a similar rate of speed, then certainly that would be, you know, the cross, which is interesting in itself. When we go back and look at religions and we think, where do these symbols originate? You know, Nibiru was called the planet of the crossing, and it was its symbol was uh, a, a star that had the four points of the cross, and then the mm-hmm. X, uh, so four more points, a total of eight points. So... The, the four points of the cross, you know, we could certainly think we're north, south, east, and west. Maybe if this was Nibiru with the four moons, th- that was why. But then the crossing is because they're not in the flat plate of our ecliptic, which is a the 7- No, they're not. 2. That's very they, true. It comes at, a, at an angle through our solar system. Mm-hmm. So the crossing is, you know, it comes from the the southern part where we would be in Antarctica, which is why the astronomical observatories of the Anunnakis were down in South um, mm-hmm. uh, in
0: right.
1: Antarctica because they could observe the coming of the planet from there right. really clearly. And we have huge um, observatories down there ourselves. America does. Well, I, have, I have friends. Yeah,
0: I have friends who have actually seen something that they thought was Nibiru next to the sun. And uh, when the sun was rising in Panama, I mean, exactly. so there, there are many, there are many eyewitnesses of this. I mean, millions I, of eyewitnesses. I, I of, agree. Uh, I mean, I, I was actually yeah.
1: watching. I was tracking this just a few years ago when it was, mm-hmm. um, you know, further, much further away. And then as it got closer and closer, it actually, it's sunset or sunrise in certain parts mm-hmm. of the world. Uh, uh, it looked almost as big as our sun really it looked like two suns and there's videos yeah, there's pictures
0: there's pictures on the internet where it's not quite as big as the sun but much bigger than it used to be you know like say in 2002 2008 you know because you can track the different pictures on the internet um you know when, and usually they're in the southern hemisphere but even now they're in Mexico you know it's it's getting more further north Probably yeah. because our poles are shifting, I would imagine. <laughs> you
1: know,
0: we're 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 not quite the at the same point we were in two thousand two.
1: Well, you know, having conversations with you is always fascinating because, you know, we are, we are both very deeply uh, concerned about the fate of this beautiful planet we live on. Right. Uh, we really want all of us to make it. Uh, clearly, there are very good people who are dying and leaving the planet. And I, I want to point that mm-hmm. out. You know, um, oh, yeah. many of our listeners may have people who are leaving, their parents, their grandparents. their their friends, their brothers or sisters. Um, And I think there's two ways of looking at it. One is that these are wonderful people, but they can't. Uh, You know, they're not at a place where they can achieve that frequency, and so easier Mm -hmm. for them to leave the planet than to have to go through the hardship. Another is that they may be people that have a high frequency, and they may feel like that they can serve better by crossing over to the other side and actually Mm -hmm. being part of the transition And helping, yeah,
0: helping from the other side.
1: Exactly, helping from the other side. And so... I, I, I don't know about you, but I've probably lost about a dozen friends in the last few years, and some of them are really high-consciousness people. But I have no well, doubt what, that people are very active over on the other side working for, for the you know raising of the consciousness of those of us that are on this side.
0: Yeah, I, what, I, what we were told in session, and we were told this years ago, probably around 2012, that a major, major shift was coming. And that many contracts were up. That's what we were told. Many contracts were up, which is totally consistent with what you said. In other words, you know, at a soul level, you can decide that you really don't want to go through the, you know, the harvest. Um, which I'm sure is not, you know, it's, it's probably harder for the people that that don't ascend than the people that do ascend. But I'm, I'm not sure that the ascension process itself isn't quite a little bit. Uh, tedious as well. Um, you know, we don't know for sure, but it probably is. It's a birthing and most birthings are a little bit rough. So um they may have jobs on the other side. They may just say this is something that, you know, I'm not signing up for and decide to go now. But a large, large number of people are checking out now. That's and have been probably for about the past five years.
1: I th- so, I think it's really it's true. very true. And, and I, I think those of us who lose our loved ones, we really have to keep it in perspective. Of course, we miss them. Of course, we love them. But yeah, they, but they they're may, not
0: dead. They're not, <laughs> they're not dead. They not left
1: a <laughs> third-dimensional body behind, and we're going to see them again. And they could right. be acting in some a positive, high consciousness capacity to help us. Uh, or, yeah, or oh, Definitely. Yes, or to help this whole transition process. Or they could just kind of be like, hey, you know, uh, this is a good life. Uh, I'm a little tired. I'm over it. I'm Mm -hmm. ready to go back to heaven for a while and take some R&R before I try again. So we just have to love them and know we're going to see them again.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Well, um, we're coming up on the end of our hour. Would you like to give your contact information and maybe the information about the Star Knowledge Conference one more time?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, So my website is trishamccannonspeaks.com, and it's just like it sounds, T-R-I-C-I-A, that's spelling. And McCannon is M-C-C-A-N-N-O-N, good old Irish name, trishamccannon.com or trishamccannonspeaks.com. And um, you can go to my website. I've got four books, about 30 DVDs. I have a whole online, 12 online programs around the Mystery School, the Phoenix Fire Lodge that I've been teaching for about 14 years and I finally got the online programs up so people anywhere can order them and they're really really wonderful they're each like 100 to 180 pages um, I have uh, I've also been doing these amazing courses this last year for a company called sacred stories media and I produced three incredible classes each of them are uh, the courses are each 10 hours long. And one is on the Egyptian mysteries, one is on uh, Mary Magdalene and the quest for the Holy Grail and the Merovingian bloodline uh, and the Divine Mother, and one is on the lost years and secret teachings of Jesus. And each of those 10 hour courses, you can just look up sacredstoriesmedia.com and up at the top right corner it says courses. Click on that and it will take you to all their courses under an umbrella called Sacred U for University. You, not YOU, but you. So, you know, those are all things that if you're interested in finding out more about me, you can also go on YouTube and watch about 10 or 12 of my short YouTube videos. You're very welcome to. And I'm going to be at this upcoming Star Knowledge Conference, which is November 9th, 10th, and 11th in North Georgia at Amakalola. Uh, state park and um they are doing a two-for-one special as i said the conference is like 244 so two people get to go for what 125 a piece which is a deal and to find out more about that you will go to www.starknowledge.org, and um you'll get to see exactly how to register for the room and they can only take about 200 people so i would definitely urge you if you're interested um to to do it i think the sale is on until about october the 15th the two for one that won't be lasting forever so we're coming right up on that uh for our listeners there and thank you so much once again for having me on your show i i always love the temple of health and i love how your mind works and we are definitely on the same page my dear friend well thanks trisha
0: This is Dr. Susan Kolb with Temple of Health Radio Show. We've been interviewing Tricia McCannon. Please join us next week.